stewardship is an essential word in our faith life. The Bible mentions stewards who manage the households of kings or wealthy individuals, but this word is important for at least three reasons that are more significant. First, after God created man and woman, he asked them to be good stewards. We read in Genesis 1 verse 28, God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves around the earth. God is a good steward who created the world for us and then he calls us to be good stewards of the gifts of creation that creation which he gave us. The word stewardship is also important in our life of faith for a second reason because God also gives us many personal physical, spiritual and intellectual gifts. St. Paul tells us in his first letter to the Corinthians, now there are varieties of gifts but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of working, but it is the same God who inspires them all and every one. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And the beauty of this word and the beauty of this verse as we unpack it is that it takes a lifetime to discover all our gifts because God keeps pouring into us new blessings for every situation, for every trial and challenge we have, and for every way that God wants us to minister to those around us. You can think of examples in your life. As I was reflecting on this, I thought of um, in my senior year in high school when I was about ready to enter the seminary or making that commitment to enter the seminary. Our high school was helping some Guatemalan refugees. And I figured, you know, I'd never helped anyone in that way before. Hadn't done any kind of public service of that nature. So I joined. And I just felt this great peace and love of God in doing that. A kind of peace and love that I never felt before. And in a sense that confirmed or affirmed my vocation of service to others that God had given me some sort of gift that he wanted to share with others. And, of course, after I got ordained a priest, I felt, in many ways, similar, similar examples of God giving me gifts that I never even knew I had. And one in particular that strikes me, and I shared with some of the children we had a few weeks ago, a Q&A &A with your priest, with the, some of the Sunday school children. And... They asked me questions like what, was, what is the most difficult and what is the most beautiful thing about being a priest. And ironically, it's kind of the same thing. The most difficult thing is to be with people who are dying and to see the agony or the challenge and the, the suffering that people face through the grieving process. But it's also the most beautiful thing about being a priest especially when you're with somebody as they are dying, and especially men and women of faith. I, this has happened to other priests, and it's happened to me several times, where the family will tell me, 
you know, Father, come and, uh, you know, uh, do the last rites or the anointing or, or say a prayer with the person who's dying. But I just want to tell you that he or she is not responding and is probably going to die any minute now. So I walk into the hospital uh, room and when I start saying a prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, as I said, this has happened several times. The eyes open, the hands start moving, making the sign of the cross. And then when I uh, say approach with the fear of God, with faith and with love, sometimes the lips are moving. Or in English. And then what happens sometimes, not all the time, is that right after the prayer, they close their eyes and as the nurses and doctors had predicted, the person dies very shortly after that. So that is not a blessing or a gift that I was planning on rejoicing in or sharing with others when I was in high school. But God gives gifts for different situations and in different scenarios. And I'm sure you have many of those examples in your own life where you were either forced to be in a situation or chose to be in a situation and then realized, you know what, this is a great blessing, a great blessing. St. Paul reminds us that we should marvel at God's generosity to us and keep finding ways to use these many gifts to serve others. The third important point is that God did not just create the world and ask, and ask us to steward it alone. He wants to have a daily living relationship with each and every one of us. If I were to ask you, does God love the world, or does God love creation, or if God loves you, I think everyone would say yes, but most often we think of this in a very generic or in a very, like, universal way. Yeah, you know what, God loves everyone just like, I kind of like everyone, you know? But no, in addition to that, God loves you personally. Think of that for a minute. If you were the only person on this earth, Jesus would have still come and died and rose from the dead for you. God loves you personally. It's not just generic uh, poetry, you know, God loves the world, God loves us all. Feel God's love, hear God's love, because that affects also how you see yourself and how you see the world and how you see God. Through prayer, He wants to talk to us. And he wants us to talk to him. Both. At the heart of this conversation, Jesus reminds us how precious we are and that not only is our life worthy of this conversation, but his life is also worthy. And his time is also worthy of that conversation with us. That is why St. Paul tells us in his letter to the Romans, chapter 5, verse 7, why one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for a good man one will dare even die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We are blessed to have such a wonderful parish where we can live our faith together in all these three, if not more, aspects of stewardship. During this past year, many have shared with me how much they appreciate that we kept our life of prayer going despite all the challenges. At the beginning of 2020, it was always great to see the church packed every Sunday. 
Then within two weeks, our entire lives changed individually and as a parish. And since the above elements of stewardship are essential to who we are as men and women of faith and to our parish life, we kept going. Church is an essential service. Our life of prayer is essential. Our relationship with each other, our friendships with each other are essential, of course, in a safe way. And it was like almost kind of a war situation, to be quite open with you. I think you know what it was, what it was like, but just to kind of recap the bit of how we transitioned, that right at the beginning, all of a sudden the churches are closed, and as a parish, with all your help and many people in the parish, we were able to transition very fast. We were able to change a camera into a webcam. I was on Facebook for a very short time. I ended up getting off it very quickly after I discovered what was on it. But uh, we're still on Facebook Live and YouTube Live. Um, someone else takes care of all those details for me. And then after Easter, we began faith formation classes for adults. And in September, we restarted our Sunday school program for children, both online and in person. We are doing all this because our mission as a parish is rather simple. And we started putting this in our bulletin. We might even make a sign eventually when we are uh, finished doing all the little things we're doing around here. Our parish mission as a parish, but also as individuals within a parish, is to become disciples through prayer and study and to make disciples through service and evangelization. This is the lens and our goal for everything we do. A balance of a healthy prayer life and a life of learning more about Christ and then from there to go out and share our faith with others. This is our lens. And in order to keep building a healthy future for our parish, today we are launching a faith, hope, and healing stewardship campaign. Within a few days, you will receive this newsletter. There's some nice pictures on the inside as well. With, in, it, in this newsletter, there's also a card and an invitation to be intentional to commit to our spiritual and to our financial future. On the spiritual front, continue to attend the Sunday Divine Liturgy either in person or online. And continue to join us for our daily 11 a.m. morning prayers, which are around 20 minutes. And remind us that we need to keep a daily prayer life going regardless of um, where we are. Some are praying with us as they're driving and some as they're working. And continue to participate in the faith formation programs for children and adults. And of course, continue to volunteer for the many needs of the church. And I'm grateful for that point as well. This is primary. Spiritual life is primary because a church without a spiritual life resembles a corpse. Corpse. It's a body. But where's the soul? Nothing there. That is why from the first month I was here, I reminded everyone of the wonderful words of Jesus spoken to us in the Gospel of Matthew. Therefore, do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows 
that you need them all. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things shall be yours as well. We always need to seek his kingdom first in our personal life and also in our life of faith as a community. And then on the financial front, I am very grateful. It's exceptional actually. All the checks, the donations, the, the generosity that everybody has has had towards the church. Um, it's Some parishes are in a financial crisis. Thanks be to God we were able to save in the past and as a result of your financial generosity we are able to keep going. But as we continue we have to be able to see beyond the COVID months or years perhaps. As we continue to look towards the future I encourage everyone to be intentional and plan your giving. When you receive the package in the mail, sit with your family and give thanks to God for the gift of creation, for the gift of your talents, and for the gift of salvation. And then reflect on how you can continue to be good stewards of the resources you have. To be very clear, this is not a fundraising campaign, nor is it a request for money. It is an invitation for all of us to see finances as part of our spiritual responsibilities. Some wonder why some churches are closing while others are booming. The answer is simple. It's that those who are strong and healthy teach and live a balanced life of stewardship. The focus of our parish and parishes as these is not on more and more money. Because at the end of the day, People in their personal lives don't need more money and churches. You might not hear this anywhere else, but we actually don't need just more money for the sake of more money. That's not the point. But we need to learn how to use our resources to serve our community, to plan for the future, and to serve others. Regardless of your ability, know that your commitment to your parish is a private family decision that you make with a joyful heart. That's why St. Paul tells us in the second letter of the Corinthians, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must do as he has made up his mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. In addition to the brochure and commitment card, we also we will also have we also have information on our Faith, Hope, and Healing campaign in the bulletin and our website. Please fill out the online commitment card or the one you will receive by mail. It looks like that, as I mentioned. And bring it back with you next Sunday or mail it to us. Next week, we designated it this as, ne next week we've designated it as Commitment Sunday. And we will hear from one of our parishioners about the difference our parish has made in their lives. This will help all of us also reflect on our own stories of the past and our dreams for the future. And hopefully in the future we can have more of these conversations of what Holy Cross means to you and the history of our parish. In closing, let us keep in mind the words of the Epistle of St. Peter. Above all, hold unfailingly Hold unfailingly your love for one another, since love covers a multitude of sins. Practice 
hospitality, ungrudgingly to one another. As each has received a gift, employ it for one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. I'm very grateful for all of you here present, those praying with us online, those who have been part of our beautiful past, and everyone who is committing to a wonderful and beautiful and healthy future.